Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. of love. No greater love has a man than this, that he would lay his life down for another. We thank you for Easter, Lord God. We're still amazed what Easter means. But Lord, we're coming out and into this season of saying we're thankful. We're thankful for all that you've done for us on the cross. So Lord, I just pray that you'd baptize us in your marvelous love. They're saying the prophetic people are saying that if If the love of God can get to us and through us, we can prove to the world that we know God. Jesus, in fact, gives the world permission to judge us on the love that we have for each other, that they may know that the Father, that God is in our world. If they see this love, it's an amazing testimony. It's a sign and a wonder in itself. That as we love each other, love our God, that it proves to the world that God has done a marvelous work. It is good news. It's the gospel. So Lord, this morning we pray that this house would continue to grow and increase souls just being drawn by the love of God. And I just got this word yesterday in prayer, centrifugal force. You know, it's like a, if we get this love happening between us, it becomes like a centrifugal force bringing in the souls, whole families, men and women, young people from the high schools. As we have this centrifugal force, it attracts. It attracts. Religion will never attract. It's the love of God that attracted people to Jesus. You know, all those sinful people that were following Jesus, the the tax collector, the the people on the outskirts of life, they were shamed and demoralized by the righteousness of certain peoples. But you know what? They flocked to Jesus because they sense a great love about Him. And that great love was full of grace, accepting who they were. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness is what we need to have in our church, in our, in our whole fabric of our being. I accept you. I love you. Love, acceptance, forgiveness. I forgive you. I forgive you what you said yesterday. Agape love, and that's what I want to speak about this morning. I want to speak about what human love is, which is very conditional, and what agape love, which is unconditional. It doesn't expect anything back. It just loves with an unbridled passion because God loves them, and we love them also. Amen? So, Father, we praise you. Thank you. And the saints say, amen. God bless you. Hey, let's give it up for the worship team. Didn't they do such a good job this morning? Wow. Awesome. Great. Great morning. Awesome morning. Love it. Let's go to the first scripture. Uh, the message is called um, the baptism of love. And so I, I had some real good teaching, and I want to bring that later. And I just want to just icebreaker with some basic understanding of, of what God's love is about and 
And uh, so it's a bit prophetic, and, but I certainly want to get across to you why this great love is so magnificent and why the delineation between human love and God's love. How can you love people that you don't get along with? How can you love your, your enemies? How can you love your family, your extended family? How can you do that? And we had such an awesome time at the wedding, amen? Did you see some photos, I hope? And uh, it was fantastic. Uh, it was a love fest and uh, love broke out. And um, it was just such an awesome occasion with a lot of people coming up to us and saying, man, you, you know, I had these older people coming up to me firstly about the wedding. Boy, that was so relaxed. It was so real. And I said, well, that's the church that's growing worldwide. It's real. It's honest. And, and it is relaxed. And um, they were just so taken aback about that. Then we got to the reception and of course, people just being so real with their speeches and just so open with their, with their love with each other. Just love broke out. And you could tell uh, a lot of people were taken aback by this and, uh, you know, receiving the whole family, the old fields receiving the whole family, and then the, the whole family receiving the, the whole family. Did I say that right? The old fields receiving the whole, the whole's receiving the old fields. Yeah, that's better. And, uh, and, you know, it was, it was great, and uh, we just had, had such a... But the legacy we were left with was this just great love. Isn't this stage great? I'm further on down the hall. Getting closer to the... So great. Thanks, guys, for, for, for doing what you do to make this church happen. i just got to say again, thank you for um, everyone just... I, I think we are in the, in the best times in the life of our church. We're on the, you know, we're in it. We've got momentum. We've got such great stuff happening. Um, it really is a delight to be, uh, I guess, trying to keep at the, uh, the front of this church with all you wonderful, like Marcus with his Bible college degree and he was dressed up. Did you see him on Facebook? Just awesome, man, uh, in Parramatta. And uh, just well done, buddy, well done. You are the future of the church and because uh, there's a lot of fine arguments out there, you know. And I, and I was saying to Julie, I, I said, Julie, I think a lot of Christians don't enter into uh, sharing their, their, their God life because they're so worried about what people will say about them. A lot, of, a lot of arguments and a lot of um, unbelief out there, but a lot of philosophy and, and, and you know, atheists who can be, uh, who, who have an intellectual view of why there's no God. And um, yeah, it, it's out there, but you just need God. You just need your testimony of what God's done for you. You don't need arguments. You don't need a bunch of scriptures. You just say, well, friend, all I know is God's changed my life, man. Uh, man, I was ugly, I was stingy, I was selfish, I'm changed, man. So, you know, you know, whatever you reckon makes that happen, more power to that. But God's made a difference in my life. And, uh, and you, you, got to, you can't shrink back from the intellectualism of atheists attacking you. I remember we boarded a, a bus once and uh, somehow the trains were locked down. We jumped in a bus. One of our good young guys who was quite... He was quite, I won't mention his name, but he was quite, you know, he didn't mind a little bit debate, but this uh, university uh, guy just over the road from us just perked up a conversation. Somehow the God factor was introduced and he just tore shreds off him, this intellectual atheist, you know. Uh, he was obviously intelligent 
he was obviously uh, well-versed with a, a lot of stuff. And, and, and our good guy just, wow, he was just demoralized almost. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, it's real. Our battle is real, amen. And, um, and, but in that, never shrink back. You know, you, you got you to gotta keep, keep going public for Jesus. If you shrink back and, and become a closet Christian, it's, it's, a, it's a, a limited life. It's a, it's a, it's a life that will, will, will not bring you joy. And it's a life that will not allow you to live your best life if you just bring Jesus out every Sunday. Uh, where's Jesus? Go through the, go, there it is. I put this on and put that on. The helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. Good learns with truth. That's right. Now, where's that sword? Where's that sword? Where is it? Where is it? The kids were playing with it. Get kids, give me that sword. <laughs> you know, shield of faith, shield of faith. Right, let's go, kids. Come on, we're going to church. <laughs> uh, man, you've got to live this stuff in the presence of God. And that presence for me is his great love. So let's go to the first scripture. Uh, baptism of love, Matthew 22, 37. Yeah, let's go there. That'll help us. Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God, amen? As we speak this word, God can enact the word through our community. So the, the, the sermon, in fact, is not just for your ears. We're speaking, because the Bible says in Ephesians that we speak the manifold wisdom of God into the heavenlies. So this is for you, but it's for, we're speaking this over the central coast, like every other church is. Those words are going, and God's saying, thank you very much. It is so true. My love, my son's love, my love uh, is so true. Preach it, Pastor Phil, go for it. And uh, if your people get it, great, but I can use that in the second heaven to dismantle strongholds and principalities that suggest cold love. Be cold. Be more 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 suspect about who you love. Be very, and be very um, circumspect about who you would love and trust. That's what the spirit of the age is saying. But God's love saying, love everyone, appreciate everyone, dignify everyone, but love, acceptance, forgiveness, everyone. And, and that, see, in the last days it says, and people's love will grow cold. I put that face on it. It's a beautiful thing, a smile, when someone approaches you with a smile. It's a beautiful thing because it says, hey, I'm opening my heart up to you. <laughs> you actually see it on Facebook, you go, I'll decide if I like you or allow you to talk to me. Guy came to the fate, came late in the session, we were here right to the end, he didn't see them all the session, so I went up to them, extended my hand, kept on extending my hand, kept on extending my hand. So then I extend my hand to the woman. This is a very older couple. And she was gracious. She shook my hand. I said, sorry, sir, but I'm used to just shaking hands as a greeting. <laughs> and and he, he got a bit funny, but not, not awkward. He, just, he did. He did got a bit awkward about it. So I, I, he tried to explain it, but he said, he didn't say anything in the air. <laughs> I think he knew we were a church, probably. Thought he was going to be dragged into, dragged into heaven if he shook my hand. Gotcha! <laughs> Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord. This is where Jesus 
the, the, the Pharisees are approaching him and they're really propositioning him, and I'll explain a little later, about Jesus, what are you saying here? Well, give us the bottom line. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So it's a commandment to love God, not a suggestion. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and, and the prophets. And I've been watching some documentaries, and I like to watch the, the documentaries because I've got Foxtel, and I love to watch the documentaries on the Nazi empire, the rise and fall of the Nazi empire. I'm fascinated how this was allowed to happen in the modern world, how this maniac was allowed to apprehend a whole nation's um, allegiance and, and belief by the spirit of evil, by the power of evil that they could overcome the world. I mean, just that notion is just like, you know, truly. And, and we, you know, you have guys like Hitler and trying to bring order but it actually releases disorder through evil. But there is an order, an order in God that, that is far superior, that is created by the most powerful force in all creation, and it's the love of God. It's the love of God that brings order. So there's disorder that comes about by evil, evilness and all its implications, but there is a force on the planet that has the power to bring order, and that is the power of God's love, amen? And it's through that love, through the heart of mankind, through the heart of you and I, that brings order, order back to our society, our communities, our families, and it overcomes evil and it overcomes disorder, amen? It's the power of God's love. That's why we sing about it. Romans 12, 21 says, do, do not be overcome by evil, but ov overcome evil with good. I like that. 1 John 4, 4 says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. 1 John 4, 7 Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So once you have this divine encounter with God and you know Him to be true, that He's the lover of your soul, it's that love in you that is in you as a wellspring of life, ready to be given out. A lot of people don't realize they have this love, but it is in you. We are to rule and reign with this love. The Bible says in Revelations 5.10, uh, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests. Priests are typically, uh, in the Old Testament, they were people that stood between God and humanity. God and humanity. That's what the church is. This morning, we're priests 
amen, standing or sitting, but standing, that's what we do at prayer meetings. We turn up at our prayer meetings and we stand between God and humanity, between your neighbor, your friends, your people. We stand, why, why do we turn up at these, why does Brian Jonathan, all you other crazy people, why do you turn up at, with Garth at 6.30 in the morning? My God, I'm not an early person at all. Come to my prayer meeting if you're not an early person. Mine, mine's at night, Wednesday, 6.30, and we stand with an understanding, a knowledge that we're praying as priests, because that's what we're called to do as born again people, we're called to do this. Revelations 5.10, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Reign on the earth. And has made us, uh, Revelations 1.6 says, says it like this, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God. So serving is a big, a lot to do with coming in to the kingdom, into the things of God, is serving. Thank you for the man that mowed out there with the tractor. Who was that? Was that yesterday? Zach, God bless you, man. You were born for that. Where is he? Zach, you only got saved four weeks ago, but you're doing what the Bible says. You're serving. But guess what? There's another part of your life. The Bible says you're a priest. Hang on, I'm not a priest. They're not going to dress me up in one of those priest things. No way. No, that means that you have the capacity to now stand in the gap for other people including the people you dearly love and want to see them live their best life. You have the capacity to rule and reign in life over all the circumstance of your life, over all the problems and all this stuff, even to rule over your own life, over the members of your body, which is against God, meaning those, those things in your soul, those generational stuff, iniquities that pull you away from God. But now you say, no, I am... I, am, I do love God, I am made by God, I'm purposing my life towards Him, but still there's a war in our life, Zach, and that's what you're gonna have to do with as time goes on, dealing with the enemy of your soul. And as you overcome those things, you become an overcomer, the Bible says. You become an overcomer that is, that is enabled and empowered to really make a difference in our world. Love that. And he has made us to be kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So faith, yes, I believe in Jesus. I stand on that. But then as you understand who Jesus is, and then you begin to realize he's in you and then he wants to flow his great love through you. Faith by being realized, not through your own agenda, not through your own agenda, but through God's love. And that's mostly how evangelism happens when you walk around the shopping center, which now we can't go anywhere without being someone being, you know, being affected. Everywhere we go, Julie and I, I don't know what it is. It's certainly, they laugh at me because they say I talk a lot. But it's not, I, 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 even, on my, even on my days where I'm slightly dumbed down in, in you know, just my own selfishness of being depressed, whatever, it still gets out. The cat out of the bag. No, not today. I don't want to be a public. I don't want to go public. I, I don't want to be a, 
a, a vessel that, that I don't, I don't want to be this person. I don't feel like talking. I, I don't want to look into their eyes. You know, you know when you get really bad, you just don't even want to look. That's where they what, wear sunglasses, rock stars. They try and hide themselves. I've never done that. I've never wore sunglasses in Westfields. <laughs> Maybe I should. No, I shouldn't. <laughs> but it's God. He's in you now. And you can't help it because that's what you did when you got saved. Christ, who loves people unconditionally, not because, oh, I like that. Your human love says, I will like that person. I like that person, how they stand, how they talk, how they look. Yeah, I'm going to like that person. But agape is not that love. Agape love is unconditional. Agape loves people. You go, what am I doing talking to this person? Their breast stinks, their clothes, their, everything about them is against my sensitivities of my personality, my nature. What am I doing? But you don't think that as you do that. You think that later after the, after the, after the miracle subsides. After the miracle subsides and you're walking away, did I really do that? Did I? Help me, Jesus. But you... You just feel that you can stand in front of anyone and you have this huge propensity to love them. That's agape love. No greater love. That's the no greater love in you. You just got to get used to that lifestyle. And you've got to get used to allowing God to flow through you that love. Or you can hold him back. Like, you know, the dyke, the finger, trying to stop this love. No, I don't want to love that. He hurt me yesterday. No, he spoke bad. No, they gave me a grimace. They, they, they looked at me awkward. No, I know they're talking about me. I'm not going to love them. But you know what happens when you get close enough to them? Love breaks out. And you just love them. <laughs> you've heard me talk about, you've heard me talk about uh, working in the boys' uh, juvenile justice system. And um, that was, when we used to change shifts, the youth worker, so we used to each look after 30 he-man criminals in a dormitory, usually two youth workers running the show. And on the changeover to the... Um, to the shift, the, um, the, youth, the, the youth workers would come to you and say, right, do you know these guys? Yeah, I know most guys. No, you don't know those three guys down there. They just come in yesterday. You've been off three days. I said, yeah. He said, no, no, well, don't trust him because he's done this and he's done that. And don't trust him because he's done this. He's done, and don't trust him because he's done this. I said, wow. So I, I was being asked to instantly not trust them. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but I could, I could never do it. Uh, I, I, I took everyone on face value, and of course, um, lo and behold, God's love would, um, I, I believe, God's love, love, acceptance, forgiveness, would cause a working relationship between that person. Because people can tell when you have a disposition against them. These kids were smart, man. They could tell. 
you don't like me. I can t- they can just tell. You can go. They go, no, he doesn't. That, that's not real. God's love, if it can get through you, through your eyes, through your expression, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. People, some people don't know what to do with it. I mean, but but it it, it certainly helps um, portray the right, I, I guess, the right message that I'm trying to help you. So when I used to say to these kids, I'm trying to help you. You do what I tell you to do, and you'll get what you need to happen in this place. Do you understand that? Now, if I look into his eyes and say that with all sincerity, but with love, not because I'm trying to boss him around, but I'm just giving him the lowdown here. I go, okay, I, I, I trust this guy. He, he, I, think he's, I think he's telling the truth, the young guy will say. I think he's telling the truth. In that, that's your working relationship. Now, I, now I've got to work in relationship. Now, when I talk to him, when I speak to him, and when I go to that person, there's, some, there's a common denominator between us called the love of God. Love, acceptance, forgiveness. And that's what we do when we go out and about. How can we, how can we, in, how can we bring people into the life of the church if we're called, so three strands of evangelism is to make friends with people, uh, make friends with people, uh, uh, speak the gospel and introduce them to the community of faith. Three strands, they say, of evangelism. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to make friends and that's what we do. So you, you got, you, that's another thing Christians got to understand. You, you just don't have 23 friends. No, you, you, you're sport for that. You're going to make friends for the rest of your life. On the bus, on the plane, the train, down at Westfields, you're going to constantly make friends and they're going to be left with a residual value of that, of that connection, of that chance meeting. That's why anyone I glance or that, I I'm, I'm want so much, not to say, oh, Jesus loves you, you know, like, but, but at least give them some residual value that says there is a God, that God loves them. Human love is conditional. Agape love is unconditional. Agape love is what we're supposed to be flowing by. Um, praise God. The ordering of the world to the ways of God comes by what mankind has in his heart. God's love in the heart of man produces purity, holiness, and the order of God. The lack of love in the heart of man produces impurity, evil, and disorder in the world. But the order of God that comes through Christ in man is overcoming the world. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith, this great faith, this great love that we have it overcomes all the evil in the world. To be honest, uh, well, they say, the commentators say, we don't know how we won that Second World War. Like, these guys were just going ballistic, and, uh, but somehow, goodness prevailed. Goodness prevailed. The power of love prevailed. Love is the most powerful force in the world and it is able to wash away evil, 
It's able to purify and it's able to make holy. Knowing and experiencing the intense passionate of love of God causes us to be changed from a self-centered heart to a heart of love. Selfishness is at the base and the foundation of sin. Selfishness. Self-centered heart to a heart of love. Giving of ourselves to the one who loves us so intensely and to the ones whom he so loves. Again, the love of God flowing by the Holy Spirit is forming the character and the nature of Christ in his bride, his earthly body, his church. I read yesterday, only yesterday, a prophecy by Kenneth Copeland who said, 2.14 will be a year of God's manifested love to the church. 2.14, there will be a manifestation of the reality of God's love. And I think it's one of the things, I think it's the, when I think about it, the disposition of Aussies and how to get them into the community of faith I think the only way it's gonna happen is not through doctrinal arguments, is not through more spectacular church. It's gonna happen through the love of God. It's gonna happen because we love them. See, they're gonna have to see it, but they're gonna have to see it, feel it, experience it, and then gonna go, yeah, okay, this can work. This can work. I think Aussies are wired like that. It's got to be so real. It's got to be friendly. It's got to be kind. It's got to be love, acceptance, and forgiveness all rolled up into one. And they're going to go, you know what? Okay, now tell me some doctrine. Now tell me some of the, some of the other stuff. Now tell me about serving. Now tell me about building a church. Now tell me about giving. Now tell me about worship. Amen? It's the love of God. Yes, there will be some people who just like to be won over by an argument in terms of doctrine and otherwise, and they will just love it, and they don't even wanna know about the love of God. But I think that's only 1%, amen? The hope of the glory of God covering the earth is Christ in you, the called out ones, the Bible says the ecclesia, the true church, Colossians 1, but truly, as I live, all the earth, the scripture says in, uh, I think, Numbers 14, 21, but truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. What is this glory? I think it's the love of God. We are admonished to pursue love. It never fails. It's a huge subject. I talked about human love, uh, and I talked about agape love. Agape love is that love regardless of what, you know, the other party is saying, doing, or can give back to us, you love them. Romans 5.5 5 says, love was poured out. Romans 5.5 5 says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You have all this potential. You have all this potential of, of what God has given to you in your heart, this Agape love, it's busting to get out. It is not conditional, it is unconditional. It wants to love everyone. I'll skip to a letter I read um, only just recently and uh, because our time is gone and I'll preach the rest later. But it does say in the last days, people will be without love. 
2 Titus 3.1, without love, or 2 Timothy 3.1, I should say, without love. And that's the warning God's given us. Be careful of falling into this, this thing of shrinking back your love. I love this letter, and I think it will bless you. My dear child, so this would be from God, I guess. It's a prophetic person who wrote this book I have at home. And he's written all these letters, these devotional letters uh, for every day of, of, the, of, the, of the year almost. And, uh, and I think this sums it up powerfully. So just, just close your eyes and just kick back and just hear this. My dear child, I am your almighty God and I am your father. I love you. I now know I know your understanding of words such as father and love are colored by your experience. But my heart is not like that of any human father. My love transcends any other. You can't judge my love by human standards, no matter how good your experience of love is. You see, my child, before the world was created, I knew you. I appreciate this is impossible for you to understand fully, but I don't dwell within the limitations of time. I am eternal. I am able to see the beginning and the ending of all things at any given moment. So even before you were born, I knew you. From the moment of your conception, I have watched over you. I've seen your conflicts, turmoil and trauma even. I know your fears, your sins and inadequacies and insecurities. You have often wondered why I made you in such a way if I truly loved you. But I didn't make you like that. I made you to be like me. I knew I would draw you to this moment when I could speak to you heart to heart. I want to explain my love to you in such a way that you can experience that love and be set free from all the things that have made it difficult, impossible even, to reflect my love in your life. When you lose sight of my love for you, real problems arise. Sadly, some of my children do lose sight of the centrality of my love and become hard-hearted. I want you to enjoy your relationship with me, child, that you will always respect me as your creator, the Holy One who is almighty. Because I created you in love, I had to give you free will. This means you're able to hate as well as to love, to be selfish and proud, if you wish. Everybody has been created with the ability to choose what to do and how to behave. You are no exception. Because you have free will, you have the ability to respond to my love. Many choose not to do so, but that doesn't stop me loving them and longing for them to be set free from the things that deny my love. I would like everyone to know and enjoy my love and express this in their relationships. My child, this is what I want for you. Amen. Amen. God is in fact commanding us to love. There's no other way out of this. The law, the prophets, the Lord hangs on the fact of loving God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and loving others as we love ourselves. Everything hangs off that commandment. It's the law of the kingdom. Let's just stand, God bless you. Father in heaven, we come before you. Father, we just ask that you would forgive us of any cold love. Forgive us, Lord God, that if we've been calculating, 
in loving and approaching people. Lord, I can't do it in my, I just explained that, that your human love is not enough. It's conditional. It's measured. It can't love the way God loves. God's love needs to be supreme in our life. God's love needs to be flowing in our life. So Lord, I receive your agape love. I receive that love afresh in my life in the month of May. Lord, may it begin today. May it begin right now. I open my heart. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.